They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. From our world headquarters in Kensington, Connecticut, it's the Two Bald Pastors Podcast. Woohoo! Connecting real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Jeff, I'm a little sad. This is our last week in John 6. No more bread of life. Oh, but I think we'll get over it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's been fun. It's, it's, uh, they're, they're challenging texts. Not just because it's repetitive and you need to, you know, think about where you're going to move from week to week within the story, but but some real challenges. Just uh, Jesus says some challenging things. I'm the bread of life. And you're like, okay, that sounds good, but eat my flesh. That's that's a little tougher. Drink yeah. my blood. That's a little bit more challenging. Yeah. But through it all, you know, we've seen the progression of the, the crowds and the disciples and the authorities and how... They all, you know, their relationships kind of go up and down. And through the midst of it, you know, Jesus wasn't accusatory. He didn't point them out. He didn't yell at them. He explained to them his perspective and what he was about and his mission and ministry and where his authority came from. And, you know, as we see in this last reading, some people continue not to like that. Yeah. In fact, people walk away. Yeah. I think that is a a real not only challenge, I think it's it's a truth we need to accept that following Jesus is not going to bring everybody along. Right. Which is funny because it seems to me that a lot of our churches tend to want to operate the other way. If we can just bring everybody along, everything will be fine. But, yep. Let's but, do whatever we can to make sure everybody's happy and content, and right. that's not always going to happen. And as we read in, in verse 60, the disciples said, this message is harsh. Who can hear it? Well, let's all hear it together, and then we'll, we'll keep digging a little bit further. Jesus said, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you, there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by my Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. 
it seems to me, uh, and just reading this again out loud, that perhaps in John's community, people were either drifting away or not wanting to do what they needed to do to follow Jesus. And uh, especially with, with Peter's confession here at the end, you know, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It comes almost as a reassurance or encouragement for those who who do keep keep following Jesus and want to continue to, to be the church together. Yep. Even that, that ability to accept his words, which might, for some people, even today, are is hard to do, but and say, well, nobody could believe that. But when we hear Peter's confession, that he does believe, he does understand, that he does grasp it, gives them maybe a little bit of hope. Yeah, and uh, for you uh, liturgy nerds out there, I mean, that used to be what we'd sing before we'd hear the gospel reading each week. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's some power there of knowing where the source is and who the source is. And that's kind of what Jesus has been saying all along. He reflects the one who sent him, and he's connected. Yep. And um, if we want to be connected ourselves, or if we seek to be connected ourselves, he's the one. Yep. This is, this is the, follow me, come along. Yeah, I don't know if we should be uh, disheartened or encouraged by the fact that people are drifting away here, or, or just can't deal with it. I'm not quite sure how I feel about it, honestly. Right, Yeah. <laughs> But I think we, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, you know, just a couple of chapters later, the crowds are back. Right. So whether it's the same people, different people, we're not really sure about that. And it's interesting that in right here that they call, he called them disciples. Many of his disciples turned away and no longer accompanied him, but the 12 stayed. So we don't know the numbers. Right. We don't know if it's the same crowds as before. But it's a bigger entourage. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I agree. Is it encouraging because we still experience the same thing? But even Jesus experienced that. So we right. we can see that we're never going to make everybody happy in, the, in what we do. But uh, And he was pretty pretty blunt. Does this offend you? And the answer is, yeah, yeah it does. It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, he uh, confronts their sensibilities here big time by making some pretty bold claims about who he is. And what he's there to do. And if if you um, go into it skeptical or wanting to be combative about it, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. <laughs> right, right. So has the, has the gospel ever offended you in such a way that you felt like you couldn't take it anymore? Or? Yeah, that's why I went to seminary. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I would say honestly, usually the opposite is true. I I would say that usually. I would kind of confirm Peter's words here that scripture or Jesus speaking or however we want to talk about that, it tends to open me up in in a way that maybe I didn't see at first. Mm. Now, sometimes that is confrontational. I mean, sometimes it, it opens up your blind spots in new ways of things you've just missed or felt a certain way about. But I don't know. I, I think it it's can move in that way. I mean, I've experienced that in churches where people have said, well, that's not what we think, right, pastor? Or or something like that. And right. they just can't come along or they want to be real combative about it. And I've had places where I've said, I'm wrong. You know, I've, I got this totally wrong. But I think that's part of our humanity, certainly. 
But are we following Jesus or not, I guess, is really what it comes down to for me. And if if you are and you're willing to do that, then so many of the things we get caught up in are secondary. Yeah. The time that I'm getting, I get offended is when there's misuse of scripture, when people take it and... and For their own purposes. For their own purposes to to prove a point or to exclude someone, you know, and that... It just makes me frustrated to say that, well, the per- pervasive opinion about Christianity out there are those people who do exclude, who do turn away because they say this is what they believe Scripture says. And Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I guess I didn't take your question that way, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. when I was thinking about it, I, I, I didn't think about it first that way either, but then I thought, well, when, I, when am I offended? It's when, when it's taken the wrong way or taken out of context or... Right. I mean, at least my understanding of Jesus, which I think is not too dissimilar than yours, is he's the the constant includer, and yeah. the barriers we usually put up between people, he tears down and helps us see a different kind of humanity, and and how God might be doing something with yeah. all of us, <laughs> after all. Yeah, when you see people not doing that, or even in the name of piety or righteousness, it just becomes ugly. It does. And it's it's horrible. Or when people say they left the church or don't want anything to do with Christianity because of, of either that hypocrisy or just uh, hostility towards them, it's just, it's sad. It is. It's really sad. But I do think the more I, I contemplate this passage, I think it's more about perseverance and hanging hanging with Jesus here. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's not an easy thing. You know, there's an allusion to the Spirit being active here. The Spirit gives life. It's interesting that the line in 63 is, the Spirit gives life, the flesh is useless, right after he's spent sentence after sentence after sentence of saying, <laughs> Eat my flesh. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if that's what it means there. I. Well, he says the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Like, it, right. I think what he's saying is if you just take the spirit, it doesn't work. If you just take the flesh, it doesn't work. You need both and that he is able to give both. Yeah, he's the embodiment of it, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, other things we were reading before when we were just sitting and talking is um, that one of John's main theses that he keeps coming back to again and again is is how the word is made flesh among us yeah. and that this is this is an incarnate god in Jesus that's now on the scene yeah. that that to use a cliche from the youth gathering this changes everything this is <laughs> this is a different ball game we're playing now yeah. yeah this is not um this is not trying to appease god this is not trying to get closer to god this is god intentionally coming near us in the most intimate kind of ways and that story is ultimately about death on a cross and a resurrected life that comes from it. Yep. And that's, those are the words that bring eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. The other thing that I, just as we're talking, thinking about, um, especially this, this idea of leaving or being offended is the, the rich man who wasn't able to get rid of his stuff right. to follow Jesus. I bet he was offended by the gospel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, doesn't it say he walks away saddened or something like yeah, that? Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I don't know. I kind of imagine that scene in a modern context 
of of more just laughing at Jesus and say, you have no idea how real economics works, do you? you right, know? And right. just like, you know, what a loser. I, you know, the lifestyle that Jesus promotes is not the way of the world. Right. Which is power, influence, accumulation. This is all there is. Right. And I wonder at what point do I become offended at the gospel? You know, we, I agree. I, I, you know, in a, in a, in a positive way, I, I don't feel like I've been offended by it. But at what point do I say, you know, I can't do that anymore. Like that's right. too much for me, whether right. it is giving up of my stuff, whether it is the inclusivity that we believe Jesus demands our churches to be. But yeah. at what point do I become so offended where I say, no, I cannot do that anymore. And what would help me be pushed to that acceptance or to be able to do the thing that I think I cannot do? Yeah. And it's funny because I automatically went to where I would separate, say, Jesus from the church and say, it's, 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 uh, what's the Gandhi line? It's not your Christ that offends me, it's your Christians or something like that. <laughs> something, right, like, right. something like that. It's like, okay, because I could see a scenario where the church got so convoluted that it's just, I can't deal with this. Yeah. This is not the gospel, right? Or this is not where I think Jesus is is calling us to go. I, I could, that I can see. I can picture that in my head. But if we really start talking about the church as the body of Christ, as a, a continuation of this incarnate God in a totally different way, then that starts to really look like a cop out to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then maybe that is offensive. Yeah. And then you yeah. start to say, okay, if you can't separate Christ from Christ's people and we're all the body of Christ together, then okay. What does that demand of me? What does that what does that call me to give up or or to die to that, you know, I could be raised in a new in a new life? Right. That's that's something. Or we talked in a prior episode about our own privilege of just being, you know, white, middle-aged, middle-class guys. Yep. And there's certain struggles we have in life, of course, but you look at how other people live and it's a pretty comfortable lifestyle. And you think, okay, is that really the lifestyle Jesus wants you to live? Right. And where do you just ignore him or hope he goes away? <laughs> and where do you <laughs> or, actually or where, say, look, if I'm going to follow Jesus, this is what this means. Right. And where do we, we set our privilege aside and take that risk to say, I'm going to risk everything in order to stand up for those right, who yeah, are right. being That's persecuted. the next step. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Right. And then you think, hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a real question we all have to kind of wrestle with a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where is the line where Christ defends you? Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. It's a good sermon though, right? And interesting, right? Because you could say some people are offended right at the door, right? Yeah. What do you mean eat the flesh? Forget it. That's gross. I'm out of here. Right. Or, or, you know, what do you mean? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Can't do that. They're losers, right? Yeah. I think of the reasons why people leave some churches are so petty Mm -hmm. that it's almost they don't understand what's at stake. Right. And not in a heaven hell kind of way, but just like, really, that's the line for you. The line is we're using a different worship setting. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. Or we didn't sing your favorite song this week. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> like that's the line of offense. Right. We're going to just start totally jacked up anxiety around the state of the world and our country these days of, 
you know, you dare spoke against one politician or another or in favor of one politician or another. That's enough. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But I know the cure for it is not, you know, a better policy or a better, uh, I don't know, fancy church thing. Right. You know? Well, the answer is, I think, to continue to dive into those questions and be really authentic and raw and honest about what offends us or what creates separation. And then we can work through that together because it's not a all or nothing kind of deal. Because in, uh, the gospel is offensive. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean any, anything can be forgiven? Right. But not certainly that, Pastor, right? right. But yeah, it's, it's inclusivity of humanity. But certainly not those people, right? Well, yeah. Right. And then, but certainly not me, right? Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's where I think our, our theology around law and gospel works so well, is it? It doesn't let anybody off the hook, and yet it, it gives the gifts of what Jesus is. It's that eternal life that we seek begins here in that moment of hearing that proclamation. This is a text we're wrestling with a little bit more than we thought we were going to. I know. <laughs> but that, hey, that's good. If we're still wrestling with it on week five, <laughs> and we're not just playing the review game, what do we learn from week one? Uh, then that's good. That's good. That's then good. the word's doing what it's supposed to do. Right, right. The right. spirit's coming and, and hitting us like a ton of bricks, and that's a good thing. And maybe that's the point. That is. And in, in, in all of this... I wonder where the rest of the disciples were at. I mean, we hear from Simon Peter who says, where would we go? I mean, you want us to leave? Where would we go? We're going to follow you because you have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are God's holy one. What's Thomas's view on this, you know? Yeah, somehow um, I got to feel like he's a lot more skeptical. Right. <laughs> or Thaddeus. We haven't heard from him in a while or ever. What's your opinion, dude? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think this is, this is good. And to play the review game, I think we've learned a lot. We've talked about these texts over the last five Sundays. And yeah, I certainly have uh, explored with you in ways that I hadn't thought before on a lot of these. What's supposed to be, oh, just another week of bread of life, good gravy. Right. But there's a lot in here to work with. There is. There is. And to think about and to try to live in a real way. So thank you for joining us through this series. We're going to be back uh, with some more interviews. We're going to be back with some more conversation about some of the exciting things coming up in um, the church and in our lives and how we can connect those with one another. Yeah. Any final words on on the bread of life? More bread? Really, Joe? (laughs) That's that's your last question. Come to church, receive the bread of life. There you go. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So once again, we are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinibaldo. Take care and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. You must watch. You must watch.